If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Well, we've reached the end of the road, my friends. Welcome to the Stochastic.com NFL Showdown Strategy Show presented by No House Advantage. I'm Dave Lochran at Lafayette underscore D on the Twitters, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. And joining me for the 17th time, really the 34th time, if we're including Thursday night football or Monday night football this season, Matt Gajeski at Matt underscore Gajeski, breaking down a true banger of a football game tonight where one team trots into to, to Nashville, Tennessee, their home stadium, Matt, with a 13 and a half point total. Wow. I didn't even realize it was that low. I saw there were double digit underdogs. I mean, we're coming in with banger. We're leaving with a banger. We've had a lot of games like this, this year, you know, the NFL is trying to schedule some of the premier games on primetime. Unfortunately for them, teams like the Broncos and the Rams haven't lived up to expectations. We're down to the stretch here, final games of the year, and injuries are playing a role. You expect some games like this, but man, I'm happy we get to get into the weeds one last time here for a a Titans-Cowboys showdown. Couldn't be Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, and you you know what? You mentioned this before the show started. You and I are almost certainly going to be doing the Monday night showdown together for the playoffs too so it's not over quite yet i'm glad that's going to be a good game i anticipate we'll see though i mean who who is going to be that monday night game what if they put like the winner whoever takes down that nfc south division what if it's like tampa i knew you were going to say that i knew you were going to say that and then we have another one of these i'd rather watch the panthers right now than the tampa bay bucks i mean honestly that team has stunk darnold is actually playing surprisingly well. Like, what are the Panthers going to do with him? I know we, we got to talk about tonight's game, but I don't think they stick with him. They, they also don't have a lot of draft picks. I mean, they they kind of dug, dug themselves a shallow grave. I wonder what they do at quarterback next year. I, I still have the philosophy here that 
if Carolina can't get their run game going, Sam Darnold is going to really struggle. Like they ran for 320 yards. They had 200 what plus yards in the first half on the ground. It just opens things up immensely for him. If you're facing a team that is good at bottling up the run and you have to lean on Sam Darnold with your only source of production, I think that's when things get really messy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, I imagine that, I don't know what day has three games over the first playoff slate, but generally speaking, you know, historically, at least they'll stick like the Texan, a, a couple of Texans teams that were really bad, won their division in the past. Like they'll stick that game at noon or something where they know they're going to get eyes regardless. So right. I, I, Monday night, we'll probably get a good one. I think so too. I just, let me add one more question for you. Right. I was just thinking about this hypothetically. Let's say that it's Tampa and Dallas, right? Cause that could happen, right? Sure. Tampa, Tampa, Dallas. First game of the season, Tampa came in, ran it down their throats. It was like a 19-3 game or whatever, not even competitive. Uh, of course, Dak Prescott got hurt, but you're like, oh, man, this looks like the Tampa team we expected. Now they've been, been putrid. But still, every single week, the line doesn't necessarily uh, illustrate just how bad they've been. And, of course, people are still betting Tampa, so why would you move the line considerably? But if it's Tampa-Dallas – Monday night or just in the playoffs, but let's say Monday night for the sake of, you know, fun here. And it would be in Tampa, assuming the Eagles, because the Eagles have to win the division and, and take the conference and get the bye. What would you set the? What do you think the line would be? Around seven. You bring up a lot of good points, which make me think it would still be inside seven, but I think you're still probably looking at something close to a touchdown. Yeah. I was thinking, dude, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I was thinking, four and a half oh i would be all over dallas if that so would i but we've seen it all year in tampa so you so you're telling me you think that dallas would be a double digit home favorite if it was in dallas close to it yeah i think maybe just inside 10 for the factors you mentioned again that's kind of tough because you have another public friendly team in dallas like people like betting the cowboys too that's a good point all right. Welcome. Glad to have you guys with us as always. Greatly appreciated every and appreciate every single one of you hanging out with us each Monday, every Thursday. This is it. This is the final Thursday night football game of the season. And then next week, uh, dude, 17, 16 games. I mean, on, on Sunday, it's, I'll be honest. It's the worst. I hate it. I hate the week 18 slate, but we'll make it happen. Anyway, you got the Cowboys laying 12 and a half points today against the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. Now, there's an interesting wrinkle to this game, Matt, because the Tennessee Titans don't have to win this game to win their division. Oddly enough, the Jags still have a, a, a sliver of a hope of getting a wild card. Uh, like they, Jags could still technically lose the division and get a wild card, which is crazy. It would take, you know, insane amount of things to happen. But this game for Tennessee, it's they. it doesn't matter if they win. Now, I came into it on Monday and Tuesday thinking maybe Mike Vrabel wants to get them off the schneid. They've lost five straight games. They're completely reeling heading into a Week 18 showdown against Jacksonville, which I personally can't wait for. And I'm, go, I'm pulling for you, big Doug Peterson. But now Derrick Henry's doubtful. Malik Willis is not an NFL quarterback. Let's be completely honest about this. 
Uh, maybe one day he will be, but he's a third-round rookie who's thrown zero touchdowns to three interceptions, averaging 4.7 yards per attempt. This is as lopsided a matchup as you could possibly get. And the Tennessee defense, did you see how many of their starters are not expected to play? Yeah, this is one of the most banged-up teams I think I've seen in a while. Right now I'm counting seven people out for sure. And then there's three more listed doubtful. So, I, I mean, we're looking at 10 plus people missing this game, many of whom are starters, most of whom are starters. It's going to be bad, but we're going to start with Dallas. Before we do, hit that thumb. We got 100 and almost 150 in here, only 18 likes. And one of those is mine. And mine. What? And mine. And yours. So uh, what's going on here? And Mike Lawrence producing the show. I mean, if we could do it while we're on the show, I know there's plenty of people out there that are just exuberantly looking to atone for their sins. And in doing so, take a second, hit that thumbs up for the last one of the season and subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment down below if you're watching after the fact. Let us know what you think about this game. Give us a shout. Say hi. We read and respond to all of them. And if you're listening in podcast form, rating, review, subscribe all that stuff goes a really long way for us but more than anything word of mouth is the greatest form of advertising tell your friends tell your friends about the stochastic youtube channel we'd love to get as many people over here as we could all right let's get into it saint stephen ayaton my man thank you saint stephen dallas cowboys no surprise whatsoever matt that when you look at our uh, top showdown plays tool which we use as a guide every single time we do this show Man, that's going to come in handy during the playoffs as well. You've got C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, one, two, and three in top play probability. Then Malik Willis at 10, just simply for rushing upside and no Derrick Henry. And then Pollard, Cowboys, Schultz at five, six, and seven. So six of the the top seven uh, top play probability guys are all Dallas Cowboys, and one of them is the Cowboys defense. Six percent is a pretty high number for a defense. Yeah, it's incredible. And you've got it basically, if you want to just highlight the defense quick and how crazy it is they have a, a top play this high, it, it makes sense in a vacuum. You have a quarterback who's inept playing as a double-digit underdog. Like, he's going to have to throw, even if the Titans don't want him to. And if they if they choose to just run the ball, you know, 40 times here, they're probably dead in the water. And, again, they need a win to secure the division. Otherwise, it's going to come down to next week, which I don't think they want either. And then you have a great pass rush for Dallas, a, a, one of the best defenses in the NFL. Sets up very well for them, not to mention the sub-14-point implied team total for the Tennessee Titans. So, you know, once we actually break it down, I'm not surprised their defense actually has that high of an, a top play probability. And as far as everybody else goes, anytime you really get a 10-point, 14-point, whatever in that range favorite over a team, I mean, you're going to see a lot of their players pop up in top play probability. And you and I were talking about this before the show. There's going to be a lot of 5-1 Dallases, 4-2 Dallases in terms of how you build your showdown lineups. So navigating these studs for Dallas is going to be key. It's going to be very much key. And I think there's a million different ways to do this. You know, Somebody had asked me because I had talked about taking the under 41, but also the over on Dak Prescott passing touchdowns and had talked about it being negatively correlated. And, you know, I, I don't think there's a strong correlation there at all because this could be a, a 30 to three game, this 30 to seven game. And as the total actually dropped, Dak's touchdown prop hasn't moved at all. So 
clearly the books don't see it as a negative correlation play either. I mentioned that for one reason, Matt. I think that this game could definitely go under. I think you could be looking at, and listen, we've said this many times where it just goes sideways. It is hard for me to see this offense in Tennessee generating much. We'll get into that. But Dak Prescott, this is still, even with the injuries, it's still going to be a pass funnel defense for Tennessee. But now that you have all of these injuries, I do wonder, is this going to just be a pick your poison, do whatever you want type of game for Dallas? Because if Jeffrey Simmons was in there and this defense and this front seven was, was healthy, it, they are the most pass funnel defense in the entire league, hands down. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they have players in their secondary out as well. Starting players, good players. Christian Fulton, he's doubtful, probably not going to play in this game. Like safety hooker, he's not going to play in this game. So, I mean, I, I think Dallas will have some success running on them just because of the premier injuries that are going to limit some of the defensive linemen here. But Dak should have no issue throwing the ball over the top here. I agree with you on negative correlations. I'm not really too worried about it. I just kind of want to soak up as much of that Dallas implied team total as I possibly can. So you mentioned under and over Dak passing yards. That's negatively correlated. I'm, I'm not really sure it matters here. It comes down to how many points we're right. expecting Tennessee to score. And like going further for DFS purposes, I'm not really that worried about eating negative correlation between the runners and Dak Prescott either. I'm willing to play Zeke and Pollard with Dak without a doubt here. I'm not really that concerned with negative correlations as a whole today. Me neither. You're talking about a 26 point implied total and a 13 and a half. It's significant. It doesn't mean we won't be getting to some Tennessee. We're going to have to. Joe Kelly said, is it possible Dallas just doesn't show up and mails it in? Look, I, I certainly don't expect them to mail it in because you still have a shot at, at, at winning the division. That's very significant, right? Like Jalen Hurts probably not going to play this week. There's still five and a half point favorites at home against the Saints, but you're not going to know the result of that game. So Dallas has a lot to play for still, no doubt about it. Uh, being able to win that division, while it, it is unlikely, is huge for them. Now, I don't think they mail it in, but we do see teams traveling on short weeks sometimes struggle, you know, early on. Eagles against Texans is a good example, and then they pulled away late. But they also have an extra day because they played on Saturday, so it's not as short a week as it would normally be. Um, I, I, if you want to play it like they mail it in, then I, I don't know. I, I don't – what's the best – I don't want to say mail it in. If, if you wanted to play this as the Cowboys struggle, I think the Cowboys defense is still going to be at the top of your list. I don't actually – Matt, I don't think it makes a significant difference one way or another because still the production is very likely going to be from this Dallas team. Who do you want to captain, though, most when it comes to the Cowboys? Is there anybody that stands out as your preferred captain here? Yeah, just briefly, I don't think they mail it in. You see NFL teams with nothing to play for in Week 18 sometimes not mail it in and force the starters out there. It's Week 17 with the division still on the line. Unlikely but they still have a chance they're not going to mail it in. As far as the captain position goes, I'm looking immediately at Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb. They both are possibly leveraged in the captain spot still, despite having some pretty exuberant ownership here. Like this is, this is pretty condensed between these guys. And what it's telling me are tools in the back end, love using our top plays, our top showdown tool. And 
I think the field is going to get cute in some spots and not play these guys. You mentioned it being a severe pass funnel defense. C.D. Lamb, he's coming off the big week last week, but I think he's let some people down this year overall. Target share shouldn't be in question for him. Comes down to pricing. He's the most expensive cowboy on the slate. Perhaps that's the reason people shy away from C.D. Lamb, but I see no issue with playing him in the captain, playing him in the flex. These are my top two, and I'm probably going to just mix and match these two in the captain spot and then try to get different from there, but really focusing on playing both Dak and CD in a majority of my lineups. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a really good matchup through the air. They've allowed 26 passing touchdowns this season. That's second most in football. It really has been an issue. Do you know who's allowed the most passing touchdowns with five more than any other team, Matt? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Vegas. Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh. 31 That's passing That's a bit surprising. Touchdowns. I know, I thought so. Like, obviously, their defense hasn't been great. But, yeah, there's, they've allowed 31 passing touchdowns on the season, six more than any other team. Pretty significant. And we'll talk about that in the marathon matchup show coming up at 11 a.m. Do not miss it. 13-game slate. You'll want to be there. How about Tony Pollard? This is a weird – this is kind of weird to me, and I'm going to tell you why. Hoping, hoping maybe you can, you can help us find some common ground or, or some common sense here. Pollard hasn't practiced, Okay. Uh, is, didn't practice Monday, didn't practice Tuesday, didn't practice Wednesday. I don't know if they had like a day off or whatever coming off a big win and then you had Christmas. But still, usually if you don't practice on Wednesday for a Thursday game, the outlook is bleak. But Jerry Jones said, and I quote, uh, looks good for the game. Again, Jerry Jones would put somebody out there after getting blown up by a landmine, okay? He, does, <laughs> he doesn't care, particularly with Zeke Elliott. And then he goes, the team is counting on him playing. So he hasn't practiced once this week, but all Jerry is saying that he's going to be out there. Tony is saying he's going to be out there too. He tweeted something like, I, I don't know the exact phrasing on it, but it's a charity and it's a like a, for every yard he gets, like if you donate, he's going to match like up to a certain like number out of his own pocket for this charity which I have no idea why you'd tweet that if you weren't playing in the game. So like, I think it's pretty clear he's playing. If he's tweeting something like that, like for every yard I gained tonight, I'm donating this amount of charity up to a certain amount. Be hilarious. I, if he was just on the sidelines the whole time, that would be hilarious. He just gets everybody to donate. And then he, he doesn't donate <laughs> anything himself. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that would be quite the finesse by, by Tony Pollard. <laughs> <It would be laughs> I think, 
I hope he does that kind of now. Actually, you know what? Not for, not for the sake of charity. It would just it would be humorous, but I, I hope he plays and all this money that he he's pledging does actually go to charity. If he just has his helmet off the whole time, like on the sidelines, he knew he wasn't playing. <laughs> like, screw you guys. I'm not donating, but I'm going to tell yeah. you I am. It'd be so funny. But do you, okay. So you don't have any reservations about maybe his workload or anything tonight. That was oh, kind of yeah. where I was getting at. Okay. Sorry. I thought you meant just from a playing at all perspective. Well, kind of workload. both, right? Like if he's active, do we worry about the workload? Cause if he's not active, we're not worried about the workload and he's not worried about donating anything to charity. I I'm worried about it from a DFS perspective. This is the kind of situation where I think Dallas might take their foot off the gas, not as a team, but with injured players, Pollard being one of them, you know, like on the other side, Micah Parsons is on the injury report. Maybe some of those guys leave the game early because they're already banged up. And with Pollard, it's, it's not like we're looking at UDFAs behind him. They have Zeke Elliott, who they continue to try to force feed the ball regardless be the perfect time to feed Jerry Jones's ego and get Zeke Elliott 20, 25 touches as long as the game is in hand. I agree with Jerry Jones that they need him if it's competitive, but the spread doesn't suggest that. We'll see. I think Pollard's increasingly risky, and there's a direct beneficiary of this. You could definitely see the ceiling path for Zeke here. Big time. You say what you want about Ezekiel Elliott. The guy is still getting a ton of, of, of opportunities, and he's still been – the, the clear guy at the goal line. It isn't to say that, that Pollard doesn't get some of those, those chances, but Zeke is getting a lot of goal line work, right? He scored a touchdown. He has scored a rushing touchdown in one, two, three, or more, or more than one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight games. He's actually had a great year. I mean, he's been fairly efficient. I think people just run into the problem of comparing him to Pollard, who is one of, if not the most efficient back on the ground in the NFL. So, I mean, people rightfully want Pollard to get more work, but it's not like Zeke has been bad. He's been efficient himself. For DFS perspectives, he's receiving high-value touches. Anytime you can get somebody with any sort of goal line role on an offense projected for as many points as they are tonight, that is something that should be enticing to you. But I think sometimes Zeke gets a little bit overlooked with a shiny new toy and Pollard alongside him. I have a lot of interest in Zeke tonight. Me too. A lot. I have no problem captaining him. It, normally, I'd have some concerns, but man, they are down a lot. Uh, Autry's doubtful. Simmons is out. Cunningham is out. Bud Dupree is out. What are they missing? All their starting linebackers? Those are all their good players. Yeah. Hooker is out. I mean, we're talking secondary now. Fulton, doubtful. That's one, two, three, four, five. Six of the six defensive starters are out or doubtful. Yeah, it's not good. Good for Zeke, though. It's very good for Zeke. This run defense is not going to look like what we thought it was or, or what, what we've seen in the past. I want to ask you the, the biggest thing here because we're going to need value somewhere. C.D. Lamb's not cheap. Neither is Dak. You know, Zeke and Pollard are reasonably priced here. I do like that Zeke is cheaper. Dalton Schultz is fine, but of the non CD lamb, non Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard options, who do we look to in this offense? Cause every time with Dallas, this is where it starts to get a little tricky. Absolutely. And even some of their cheaper options are priced up here. So it's difficult, but I ran optimals this morning as I like to do 
the two cheap ish guys you're getting more often than not are Dalton Schultz. I think that's more or less just because he has the most consistent role behind CD lamb. Definitely not the same kind of upside, but you're not really worried about his snap share or anything like that. And then you're getting Brett Maher, the kicker. We'll talk about kickers later, but I think this comes down to consistency since the addition of TY Hilton to the offense, the receiving game has kind of lacked clarity. And I mean, this is just a one week sample at this point, but T.Y. Hilton played well in his debut on a very limited route share. I believe he's out there for 12 snaps and six routes, but played well. He could start playing at the expense of, of Noah Brown, which is what we saw. You see these cheaper pass catchers for this team start to have less viability because of the emergence of T.Y. Hilton. So beyond CD, I think Gallup is still in play. I don't see his role changing. But again, we're not talking about a value play with Gallup. He's 7K. So from there, it, it's kind of just GPP dart throw territory. And I think that's why we don't see them in optimals. T.Y. Hilton siphoning off snaps from Noah Brown here. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk really crazy plays after this. But what do you, what do you think of the T.Y. Hilton emergence and what that does to these, these players? <laughs> The fact that Dak targeted him on a third and 30 last week that they converted pretty significant. Yeah. I was so mad about that. I was so pissed off about that, dude. I mean, they had him, they had him third and 30 back to a fumble, then a sack. Had he not converted that Eagles get the win, no doubt, but he did. Anyway, he played 16% of snaps. He was targeted on, on that, that very significant play right there, which tells you that Dak Prescott's not afraid to look to him. But at the same time, I mean, he had one target. What did he, did he, I'm assuming he ran a route on most of those, on most of those 12 snaps, but I didn't look. He only six, 50%. Oh, so that's. Uh, he's like, also not cheap. So him specifically, like he's really hard for me to click on in the limited role. A somewhat expensive price tag for that role. If you play T.Y. Hilton, I think you're betting on that snap share expanding, which might happen, might not. I mean, he he's he's old, man. I think he's like a, probably getting the Deshaun Jackson treatment where, you know, they want to use him situationally, but he's not a guy they're going to deploy in a full route share. And Noah Brown, this is crazy to say about a wide receiver, but he's a great blocker. He's like the Ben Skaronic of this offense. And while that maybe doesn't lead to a lot of targets, he's still going to play as well. I actually think maybe like a contrarian Noah Brown could be interesting here just because I think he plays a decent amount and he'll probably come in as the lowest owned of the main pass catchers that actually are going to play for Dallas. So I, I agree. I would say in a vac, just price agnostic, it's Gallup, Brown, Hilton. But, and I think that that's pretty obvious probably, but from a tournament standpoint, from an ownership perspective, I would probably put Noah Brown at the top. I agree with you. Yeah, just at his price point. We've seen some games where Dak will look his way, and he'll look his way significantly. Hell, two weeks ago against Jacksonville, he had nine targets, six receptions, and two touchdowns. So we've definitely seen times where Noah Brown is involved. On a showdown slate, you got to take some shots. Anybody else? And, of course, Dallas Cowboys defense, they're not going to be – they're not cheap, and they're not going to be – a, a contrarian play, but they're great. Brett Maher is perfectly fine. I, I don't think we need to get too deep into that. The only question I would ask is, do you have interest in captaining the Cowboys defense? Yeah, I think you can build lineups with that. Me they're, too. Prob- they're probably closer to your four, two, five, one builds 
but no issues with that. The implied team total for Tennessee is so low here. It's, it's, it's minuscule. And Malik Willis has not thrown a touchdown on 60-plus pass attempts. He has thrown three interceptions. And it's not like he has an embarrassment of riches at, at the pass catcher positions either. So, yeah, I, I think you have to look to the defense there. Anybody else we haven't talked about with Dallas that you want to play? I do think there's some Millie Maker style tournaments, like your 100,000 entries or more dart throw type players. Cavante Turpin, he's a player to at least mention for those of you playing those massive fields. He's going to get a handful of snaps here. He's also their main kick returner. So you kind of have a, a couple paths to a ceiling. It's not likely, even, even remotely likely, but you know he could get a kick return score. He receives like a gadget touch here, there almost every single week. Like, like these jet sweeps, these touch passes. That's his role. They use 12 personnel a fair amount here. It's just that they don't use 12 personnel with one consistent tight end. You'll see Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot, even Sean McKeon mix into that formation. I think if I were targeting one of them, it would be Ferguson based on the role he's shown. He basically doubled up Hendershot in snaps and routes last week, but we're still talking about really deep Millie Maker style, style plays here. Yeah, there's one where you captain the Dallas defense and throw Turpin in there as well. Double up. Double dip. Double dip plus the captain. I mean, it's a very low probability play, like you said, but we've seen crazier things happen for sure. Sam Pierce with a super chat. Could you play Dallas defense and kicker together? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. For sure. No uh, issue with that. It, it, the problem, tennis, if we were looking at Tennessee's real defense, they've, over the course of the year, they've been one of the better red zone efficiency defenses. So I would like that even more if their defense was healthy, but it's still viable. Uh, we, we just got a report quick before we move on. Tony Pollard in doubt for week 17 on the go pregame workout. That was from Pulisero too. So pretty credible. Tony Pollard, what an asshole. Yeah, seriously, man. Donating $0 to charity. I'm going to pull up that tweet. Well, I wonder if he deleted it. That would be hilarious if he didn't. A little quote tweet action there. You know, it just makes Zeke. <laughs> he didn't tweet it. I'm pledging $15 for every yard to help raise funds for the St. Jude Foundation. Click below to donate with me. Yo, $15 for every yard, kind of shitty. Come on, Tony. Although he's probably on a, he's what, like a fourth round rookie contract? Yeah, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be dissing him, but Tony, so I guess on. he's not, I guess he's not getting paid that much. You know, well, this will this will change things. Maybe we should go through the hypothetical now. Zeke we is going to. Oh, we, we definitely will. And can we also agree that you can never just take anything Jerry Jones says at face value? Hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> it's so it's so it's so ridiculous. Uh, you know, two things. One, we had a good question from Cody Delzer. Normally, I wouldn't even answer this question, but I think it's it's viable on a site like this. Would you build any lineups around the backups for Dallas getting significant time? Uh, how far up do teams need to be before they put in the backups? Well, that question I can't answer because we've seen Mike McDaniel put his backups in basically to start the second half of games. And we've seen other teams, you know, run them all game or, you know, midway through the fourth quarter. But it is at least a, a question worth answering, Matt, just because the Titans are legitimately running out a practice squad team. Yeah, I can say for a fact that Mike McDaniel's a little more forward thinking than Mike McCarthy as mm -hmm. well here. Mm -hmm. You run into a couple problems with this. First off, you need to be in a game script where the backups even come in. Again, 
I wouldn't put a lot of money on that. Like we've seen the Texans play the Chiefs close, like games go crazy all the time. And then from there, they need to play enough where they actually pay off in your lineups. And then like skill position players, who are we really targeting? Like behind Ezekiel Elliott, a running back, is there somebody we really want to get to? I would argue probably not. Like Malik Davis, assuming that Tony Pollard misses this game, how much Malik Davis run do we even get in the second half? Like, is that enough? I think at I, 200, maybe you could argue it. But for the quarterback position, I would certainly argue against playing like, a, a, especially with the way they're priced on DraftKings, you know, like getting to a backup quarterback, Cooper Rush at 6K. Cooper Rush needs a decent amount of time to pay off that tag. I want no interest in, I have nothing, I want nothing to do with Cooper Rush. And truthfully, I want nothing to do with any of these backup receivers. I do think Malik Davis is viable. I, I really do if Tony Pollard doesn't play. We, we've we seen, you know, Zeke miss games this season and Malik Davis had decent amount of opportunities. We've seen Malik Davis get blowout run before as well. Eight carries, uh, 10 touches against Chicago with two of them coming in the passing game. He had seven carries and three targets, so 10 looks again against Minnesota in that blowout. So if you are looking to play it that way, I don't think Malik Davis at this, the stone men is the worst idea. And I have no problem in large field tournaments pairing him with Ezekiel Elliott either under the condition that of course, Tony Pollard doesn't play. Agreed with both of those. I think Zeke might become Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Our best value on the slate or close to it. No doubt. No doubt. And I think Malik Davis becomes the best all out punt. I'll be completely honest. I think he's probably gets mixed in anyway, because do you want to give Zeke 28 carries? The answer is probably no. Like I think Zeke still sees a good amount of work a lot, you know, more than he would with Pollard, but they still run the ball a ton, Matt. Like this is a team that week in and week out, you're seeing what 32, 33 combined carries between Zeke and Pollard in a lot of these spots. So I think even prior to the blowout against a complete skeleton crew defense in Tennessee, Malik Davis might see, even if it's not a blowout, might see some opportunities. And then if it does blow out, Ezekiel Elliott's coming to the bench. All right. So I'm, I'm kind of working through this on the fly here just quickly before we move to Tennessee. This is really important, I think. What are the, I, like, I think now we're probably going to see the lineup configuration of some combination of Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott in the captain spot, the other two in the flex, Malik Davis or some punt like him to make it all work. And then 
Hassan Haskins, Malik Willis, some combination of them being the chalk build. How do we how do we navigate this ownership wise? <sighs> the other wrinkle here is it doesn't use all the salary. So maybe it doesn't come in as owned as we think. Do you think Malik Davis will end up being relatively chalky? Because I think it's very possible. Maybe. Not chalk, not chalky, but chalky popular enough as a if you're loading up everybody for Dallas, is Malik uh, is Malik Davis going to be that piece that you're putting in to free up the salary is what I mean. So he already projected for 1.2 points with Pollard in. Now we're removing another 13 points from Pollard. Some of that's going to go to Zeke. Some of that is going to go to Malik Davis. I think right away from a price-adjusted standpoint, when you look at salaries, you bring this into the consideration, he's going to project better than everybody probably up through like Traylon Burks, maybe Julius Chestnut. Like he might even project a little bit better than Noah Brown, some of these guys. I think, I, I think optimizers are going to give them to you. The question I, I have on the back end here is now we have so much value. Optimals, so I just, I'm guessing here, but I went and I locked Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Elliott, and Malik Davis. And just like, that leaves two spots that the optimizer is going to play around with. Just give me the top optimals here. The highest one in salary was 48.5. Wow. So I think maybe this won't be as owned as we think because you're not using the full salary. We know people are allergic to leaving salary on the table. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, ultimately, I would prefer him over Chestnut anyway. I, without Pollard, I would definitely prefer him over Chestnut. And once we get a new uh, uh, ownership run, we'll see how that looks. Of course, if you guys wanted to get three free days of all of our NFL tools, uh, you're getting Thursday, no games Friday, Saturday, but you have all of the Sunday tools to build. You know, you'll have all of that, uh, all of that, all of those tools, whether it's the boom bust tool, the top stacks tool, the ownership player projections. Of course, for tonight, the top showdowns, uh, top showdown single game plays tool, all of that. For all, we have the best showdown tools you're going to find out there. All of the, the probabilities, the leverage score, ownership projections, all that. Uh, three free days if you want to get in on that. Plus, the, oh, the NFL lineup generator as well. Generate showdown lineups. You can export them to CSV. You can do swaps. You can you can customize it. You can do late swaps, showdown, and main slate, all of that. And we have it uh, for NBA. But for NFL, if you want three free days, check this out. Uh, yeah, just use the link in the description. Mike just threw it into chat as well. It's it's well worth checking out, especially if you're going to do it. You got to do it on a Thursday. You know, get get access to more than just one slate. You don't want to do it on a on a Tuesday or something like that, that doesn't help anyone. I think we covered Dallas. The whole Tony Pollard thing is, is a big wrinkle that we pretty much just ironed out, Matt. I, I think we're on the same page here. It's going to be interesting to see what ownership projections look like once they're updated though. Yeah, for sure. And it, like, it's going to be tough. Now we're, we don't often see this in the NFL. We see it in other sports, like sometimes in college football, NBA, I know it happens a lot where you have multiple starters out of lineups and it happens after salaries are released. So now, and this kind of segues over to the Titans who are missing some starters in offense. Their backups are really cheap. And now we're running into situations where optimals are not going to maximize the full salary. And it creates a really unique situation for today's slate. I don't think we've seen it once this year for NFL showdown. No. The 5-1 build is going to be popular. I, I'm really looking forward to talking about Tennessee here because – this is where you might be able to get unique in certain spots. Before we do, though, shout out to our sponsor, No House Advantage. Uh, 
phenomenal sponsor. We love those guys over there. We really love what they're doing, uh, innovating. There's nothing worse than sites innovate. I've seen it over the, I've been in the DFS street since 2013, right? Whether it's playing content, whatever. And there, there's so many sites, Matt, that pop up and they say they're revolutionizing the way DFS is played. You know, this is better than anything you've seen. And then it's just horseshit, right? They're gone in two months. No House Advantage actually has a sick format that you can take all your DFS knowledge, apply it without a learning curve, and you can win a lot of money and there's a ton of over. How many sites have you seen that are just terrible and they say they're the greatest thing out there? No House Advantage has just made something that's simple. You play against the field. You're, you're building lineups without a salary, player props, over or under, no juice. Over under, the props are static too. The lines don't move. And you put the ones you like the most at the top, they get the most points, kind of like a showdown build. The ones you like the least go at the bottom. Mike, what's the overlay at right now? We're probably, it's probably massive. It's 3% fill. It will not fill. The overlay in, in and of itself is worth checking out. But if you use the link in the description or the one in the, in the chat, you're getting up to $100 first match deposit bonus on top of that. And I will do you one better. All the tools that we have that Alex Baker, Osimo himself, built for, for, for No House Advantage, the, the optimal lineups tool, the No House Advantage player prop projections, all of that's free at Stochastic. So even if you're not a premium sub at Stochastic, you're getting those tools for free to use over there and apply them to your approach. They also have the play against the house, which I know people are obsessed with that, where if you, if you hit all your picks, you're 21xing your entry. So you can play against the house or you can play against the field, take advantage of massive overlay links in the description and in chat. That's right. hundred dollar first match deposit bonus, all the tools free, but more than anything, the overlay is something you don't pass up on if given the opportunity. All right. Time for the Titans, Matt, 12 and a half point dogs, 13 and a half total Derek Henry. He's not playing in this one, which leaves us with Hassan Haskins, Julius Chestnut, we have to start in the backfield here. We absolutely do. This is part of the starters being out after prices release leads to some premier value and optimal, maybe not maxing out salary because you have Hassan Haskins at 3K. And all reports indicate he is going to be the lead back here. Again, this isn't certain, but I think the betting money should be on him. They drafted this player. Obviously, they have a a vision for him at some point is more or less just, I think, a change of pace role to Derrick Henry, but now he's getting a chance to actually handle the workload. He's a big back. He's a good pass catching back. He did both of those things at Michigan last year, so he should slide into that role. And then I'm anticipating Julius Chestnut to be your change of pace back. He's the exact opposite, like UDFA style runner, practice squad caliber player. So we also got confirmation from Polistro that it's expected to be Haskins first in line here. Haskins is 3K. I think he's going to be incredibly chalky tonight because you have to play a Titan. You can't run 6-0 builds. And you're looking for the guys that are just going to have the most volume here. We know Malik Willis is not advanced as a passer. So with a team that has shown a willingness to run the ball 30 times, whether it's successful or not, Haskins at least has that opportunity and that safety. I think he's going to be incredibly chalky. No question. There's no doubt. The only thing that's, that sucks is... is Malik Willis probably won't be able to, to hit him in the hands on a, on a one yard <laughs> pass. Uh, that, <laughs> that's it. Uh, Vanitize said, is this live or just the video pre-recorded video? 
We are not live. You know, the Malik Willis thing to me is so interesting because I could, there is definitely a path for him being the optimal captain. Like you could play, this sounds nuts, but if you had a Malik Willis captain and then five Cowboys, hell, maybe even Cowboys defense in there would not shock me at all. If it got there, he might have to run for his life today. If Malik Willis racks up a hundred rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, right? Which is, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I know that he hasn't had a ton of upside or a ton of success rushing the football, but I'm not sure what alternatives they have. Maybe they've maybe not, not to mention like this game may be meaningless for Tennessee, but it's not meaningless in the sense that if they win in week 18 against the Jags, who I'm a fan of the Jags, but you have no idea what you're getting from them each week. If they win, they're go, they're trotting out Malik Willis in the postseason. Like you have to start figuring some shit out with this guy, whether Derrick Henry's on the field or not as, as gross as it feels, if he goes out there and has a big rushing game and a rushing touchdown, hell, 80 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown is 14 right there out of the gate. I'm just curious how 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 popular do you think those type of builds are where you captain Willis and you just run him naked without a pass catcher and hope that he can rack up a ton of rushing yards on a team that has no weapons to speak of. I think he'll be popular in that style build, but not a captain. I think you're right. going to see five ones with him at flex. Captain, absolutely not. That is going to be a very contrarian way to play him. I mean, he basically is going to walk into 15 points, even at horrible efficiency. He was almost there last week, and he was downright awful. And as far as, like, the motivation stuff with Tennessee goes, I mean, even if they were eliminated from the playoffs, they've got to make a decision with this guy. He's been terrible. They invested a third-round pick in him. There's no guarantee Tannehill's back. They have outs. They can get out of Tannehill's contract, essentially. So, I mean, they got a big choice to make a quarterback, whether he's good or not. Like, they're going to evaluate him, and they're going to try to see what he can offer. They're not just going to completely neuter the game plan. So, he does have upside. 43 rushing yards last week. I mean, he only rushed the ball seven times, which is a bit egregious. He should probably be, like, in the Justin Fields level of of carries. He has that kind of athleticism, so it doesn't make sense to me. But ultimately, it's another week of him starting. Maybe Tennessee realized this. We're, We're talking about really small samples with Willis. And because of the rushing ability, we we do have upside here. I'm old enough to remember when people had written off Justin Fields because his previous coach, Matt Nagy, wouldn't use him in that way. So maybe we see a change, but the upside is undeniable because of the mobility. And you know who the backup is there? Joshua Dobbs. Oh, Dobbs. Joshua Dobbs. Malik Willis has more. Malik Willis has twice as many or probably more career snaps than Joshua Dobbs at the, at the regular season level. I've lost so much money on Joshua Dobbs in the preseason. No one else has ever said that. I'm not, I'm serious. I don't think that's ever been said before. I've lost so much money playing him in the preseason. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, with Willis, I'm just throwing it out there that maybe, you know, if you're trying to get really different, what if he just has a huge, not, I'm not saying he's Justin Fields, obviously, but it's a showdown slate, and Justin Fields isn't on this. Neither are any other good players for Tennessee. Matt, what if he has 100 and a touchdown? There you've got your bonus and the touchdown. There are definitely ways to get to, to, to 20 points. There's definitely ways for him to get there. And then I, I, if he's a captain, 
you're getting 30 out of him and you're playing everybody else down there. It sounds so crazy, but it sounds so crazy. It's but not it's, crazy. He's been not, horrible and he's almost gotten to 20 points. Right. And listen, he actually has positive leverage in the captain spot. He has 8% ownership, 9% uh, optimal probability at the captain spot. I don't love it, but it's not the craziest idea out there if you want to get different, but also play all of the good players for Dallas. That's all I'm saying. I agree with you. You're going to be massively different. How many lineups do we think at this point are Captain Zeke, CD, or Dak? I would say over 75%. Close oh, to yeah. It. Right? You would think so. With Pollard uh, unlikely to play? You yeah, would certainly like think. that. We're, we already had it at 50% between Lamb, Prescott, and Dak, and that was before Pollard was was out of our projections it's gonna be close lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I would rather, this is this, I think I would rather play naked Malik Willis than, than try and figure out which one of these pass catchers is, is going to not only get the target. See, it's the Ben Rossa thing. Not only do the pass catchers have to get the targets in an offense like this, they actually have to be catchable balls. And, you know, Traylon Burks, I like Traylon Burks. Maybe they give him some jet sweeps or some shit that, to, to try and open it up, get him some stuff in the flat. But Robert Woods has been awful all season. Chigakonkwu is, is sick. I love the guy. But he's somebody that has benefited greatly from Ryan Tannehill taking shots down the sideline or, or up the seam with him. I don't know how – if, if you're – here's what I'm saying. If you're going to do that with these guys – I get it, but you're also completely throwing darts because while Malik Willis can at least fall back on the upside, it's possible that any of these pass catchers for Tampa, uh, Tennessee that you play, it is possible that they finish without a reception. Not all of them combined, but whichever one you play. These are just play them for leverage. That That's it. They're going to come in with virtually no ownership now. Tournament needs to be big enough to consider them. Cash games, low-risk contests. I'm not even giving these guys a thought. Large field is where I'll start to think of them. And how I want to play them, I think, is not getting like crazy off the board with the rest of my lineup. I think these guys are going to be enough. So maybe like playing Burks in place of Hassan Haskins or Woods in place of Hassan Haskins. Or I know Malik Willis is a rusher, which kind of changes sort of the identity of the offense. Normally, I'd be willing to play a pass catcher without the quarterback, but here I think Willis might just do enough rushing the ball by himself where you still probably want these guys together, even if they're not as possibly correlated as your traditional quarterback wide receiver stack. But ultimately, I, I think the way you play them is just in the large enough field tournament for the leverage that they provide. 
And if you go like three, three builds or four, two builds in favor of Tennessee, like you're going to be so contrarian today. That is one thing that's very true. It, the, the one advantage there is not going to show up in the projections, but it def that's so contrarian. So what, what would, what would your optimal contrarian Titans heavy build be? Let's say even three Titans, but what would your contrarian Titans heavy build be if it's three or four? I think I'm going to limit it to three. All right. I'll, I'll run it right now with, okay. I'm going to lock Haskins, Willis and Burks, and I'm not going to captain them. It's so at that point, you're, if you play those three, you cannot play all this. Oh, you can't play all the studs. I believe. Yeah. I, so there is a lineup that works here. It's a Zeke captain. Oh, never mind. It doesn't work. I, okay. If you play Willis Burks and Haskins, I think you can only play two of the three Dallas studs. Really? I think so. Yeah. You have to go down to like Schultz. Well, I think it'd probably be a good time for us to start building the lineup then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, for the three threes, if you play those three specifically, you're going to be so contrarian. Who is your favorite Tennessee pass catcher? I think it's. I, I use the term. I use the word favorite very, very loose, loosely here. I think it's Burks, and it's solely based on the upside. He's a dynamic rookie. Woods just has none of that right now. Agreed. I would honestly go Burks, Okonkwo, and then whatever you want to do, and then probably Westbrook Akin because he's cheaper than Robert Woods, but. I would go Okonkwu next just because he's a monster and maybe maybe he has some like big after-the-catch type run. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. Swoop said bet on talent. Yeah, pretty, like, but that's, that's what we're saying here with Tennessee. If, if, it, if, I'm, if I'm going with one of these pass catchers, I'll take the talented guys and hope that they can manufacture yards and production because I don't think Malik Willis is going to be able to do that for them. All I right. agree with that, yeah. And last one, with Hassan Haskins right now at that just really, really cheap price point, do you feel comfortable building lineups without him? Because I do. Yeah, you're going to have to sacrifice something. Like, I, I think there's going to be six relatively popular plays today in some combination or the other. We know they're the three Dallas studs. I think Malik Davis is going to end up being decently popular. Me too. And the two Titans that everyone's going to play are Hassan Haskins and Malik Willis. Well, right there, you probably don't want to play all six of them. So who do we move away from? Hassan Haskins is at a price point where you could easily pivot him to another pass catcher, whether it's a cheap Dallas pass catcher, a kicker, a defense. I think it makes sense roster construction wise to use your pivots with him. Not to mention like we've seen Derrick Henry really struggle behind this offensive line outside of a couple broken plays where he's gotten loose Hassan Haskins isn't the same kind of athlete as Derrick Henry, so I don't think those broken plays are going to happen quite as much for him. I think you can build without him as a way to sum all this up for the sake of being contrarian. All right, and last one. Any interest in, you know, Austin Hooper or anybody else? Not really. I think if you're, like, he's, he's not cheap. I would rather try to target one of the receivers who might be targeted more than Hooper. Hooper's splitting time with Oconquo. I think you just have more upside taking a pass catcher like Burks or Woods for what that's worth. All right. Michael said they changed their offense when Burks came back. Okongwu lost snaps. Not really. Uh, he played 49% of snaps. 
the first week that that the Traylon Burks missed. And then he played 46% when Burks came back last week. It was just a, you know, a blip where he played 60% of snaps in week 15. I, I, I wouldn't look at, I, I'd still expect him to play around 50% of snaps in this game. I would guess so too. Yeah. I mean, if, if anything at this point, I would just assume that, you know, Chris Conley, who was playing or and Racy McMath who were out there. Okay. That's a real person. I know he they went were, to LSU. Not surprised you know that. Uh, but like they were playing, they were making up Traylon Burke's snap share. And then they played five total snaps last week. So really it was Conley and McMath that saw uh, the huge, huge downgrade and opportunity, really anything whatsoever. McMath didn't, didn't see the field. All right. Let's build a lineup here. Then we'll turn this baby over to the NFL or NBA strategy show. And then at 11, uh, Eastern time, it is 9.54 here on the East Coast. It is the marathon matchup show, 13 games. Matt Savoka, myself, it's all you need for week 17. We got you. Also, if you guys have two minutes to spare out of your day and you have $10 and you're thinking to yourself, man, I want access to these tools. I, I might do the three-day, or I, but I want more. I want to try it for every sport. But I just, I can't pay that right now. Maybe that's how you feel. Well, if BetMGM is available in your state, you don't have to. All you need is two minutes to sign up and $10. Because if you use the link in the description or the one in chat, this is, this is the best deal you're going to find. I promise you. You won't get another offer. We're already dropping it down to one month coming up shortly. Take that 10 bucks when you use the link and sign up. You'll see the link in the description and in chat. Take that 10 bucks, put it on any game. Any game, right? Doesn't have to be a money line either. It can be a it can be a side or a total or whatever. Once that settles, you've got two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum, two hundred forty dollar value, including our Discord lineup generator, lineup builder for hand builders, all of our tools for showdowns, for main sites, for everything, including football, basketball, hockey, PGA, MMA, every sport out there. We got you covered. It's the perfect way to go. I can't. I, I'm playing with a you know small bankroll right now. But I would love to be able to use these tools, hopefully win a tournament. Look, there's, there, there's no lack of transparency here. Our hope is that you try these tools out, uh, and maybe you are a lower bankroll player. You try these tools out, and you use them, and you keep winning. And then you want to stick with us, right? Like, it's, it's kind of try it before you buy it. And if you start winning and crushing, why would you not want to stick with us? It's that simple. So check it out. Link is in the description and in chat. Just deposit 10 bucks when you use that link in the BetMGM. Put that 10 on any game. And no matter how much your bet is, up to $1,000, here's the icing on the cake. If you lose, you get it all back in free bets anyway. Need I say more? I think not. And appreciate you guys for getting us to 121 likes here. Matt, I think it's my turn to go at captain. I think so too. I'm go. I'm. I'm gonna go. Let's play large field here. I'm gonna go Malik Willis. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, man. Look, we could do any kind of crate. Let's go large field. I'm gonna throw Malik Willis in and just see what happens because we talked about it. Let's see what happens with this build. Doesn't yeah. mean we have to play it. Large field. I have no issue with it. I'm. Good. If I'm not sure what I'm gonna play tonight. Still waiting to see. But I would play Malik Willis in large field. So we're already incredibly contrarian. Gonna take the value plays. CD Lamb. Okay. I'm throwing Zeke in there. I'm throwing Dak in there. Okay. Again, and because of our captain, I have no issue doing this. 
I'm throwing Malik Davis in there. All right. So we have a ton of salary left over. This is where I think we can kind of get interesting. There's a lot on the table here. I think my preferred play is going to be going to Brett Maher as a kicker. We're leaving nearly 2K on the board. But if you wanted to do a defense, if you wanted to do Noah Brown, I think all of those are viable here. I'm just going to take yep. the most points with Dallas D. Or to me with, with Brad Maher, sorry. Okay, let's do it. Or if you think that maybe Malik Willis makes a couple decent plays, you could go to Traylon Burks there as well. If they have to throw, if they're trailing and he's running, Traylon Burks is also doable in that. There's a lot of really interesting ways to build lineups today that might not seem contrarian, but I think could end up being relatively contrarian. I agree with you. It's going to be a fun slate. It was fun like getting that news live in the air too and trying to hash it out. We we never get news on this show ever. No. And even more like you guys are watching this now, make sure you catch live before lock tonight. Lafayette and I are trying to sort of pick our way through it without the tools. They'll be updated shortly here, but those guys are going to have the most updated recent projections. Inactives will have been out. You'll get the best up-to-date information there. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Hey, it's been a phenomenal season. We love you all. 17 weeks up and down for Thursday night football. You guys have, have, have been with us every single week. It means a ton for all of you that support us. Matt, any, any final words here? You said it well. Really appreciate you guys. I mean, for some of you, we start this show at 6 a.m. If you're on the West Coast, you guys are getting up. You're watching it through work. Can't tell you how much we appreciate it. And good luck, of course. Hope you guys take down some money and go into the playoffs strong. No doubt. And hey, Matt and I, we will be here for Monday in Wild Card Weekend. I have no doubt about that. But until then, sayonara, friends. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.